Welcome. Welcome, Hope Church. And although we are online and watching this, I just pray that God will encourage your heart as you listen to the Word of God. You see, whether or not we are in this room, uh, God is working powerfully, and His kingdom is continuing to grow. And so, I want to ask a question this morning. And I've asked this question to myself. Was 2020 a year of distraction? Or was 2020 a year of devotion? Was 2020 a year of distraction? Or was 2020 a year of devotion? As many of you wear glasses, I don't, I'm pretty sure you've experienced this. You walk from uh, the outdoor into the indoor, and you walk from the cold to a warm place, and uh, your, your, your glasses start to fog up, and, and, and you can't see anything, and it gets annoying because it's distracting, and you're going into a store, and, and you're trying to find your, <laughs> you're like, should I take my glasses off, wipe them? It's just kind of a little awkward. And, and, you, and, and you're just trying to, ho- you're hoping that the fog will go down so that you can kind of take a peek because your vision is obstructed and you're distracted. Uh, you you want to see, you want to look forward, you want to see where you're going, but you can't because there's distraction. Or how about uh, driving, when you're driving and you see this uh, streak on the window and, and uh, the, the, uh, the windshield and your windshield wipers can't wipe that streak away, and you're just constantly wiping, you know, and, you're, and, and it's not working. And you're driving, and it's like so annoying, and you're just more focused on that streak than you are about where you're going or the people ahead of you or the cars ahead of you. It's distracting. Or maybe it's a brother or sister or practicing piano really loudly and, and while you're trying to study You know, certainly putting headphones on at that time is a must. You see, many things in life can annoy us and even distract us. And in a similar way, we can feel at times our spiritual life can be distracted, unfocused, and even exhausting. We try to focus our attention on loving God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength. But something comes along the way that seems more enticing, more alluring, more exciting than Jesus. Or some challenges or some trials come along the way and it takes us away from focusing on Christ. Sometimes we want to focus on reading the scriptures and and, and praying and we get distracted with email, Facebook, Twitter, or text messages that constantly pop up and we end up not reading, not praying, not getting where we wanted to get to. Sometimes ministry can be a distraction as well too. We do too much and we try to do too much to accomplish our own goals, hoping that those plans agree with God. And we forget what most important, uh, the most important uh, aspect of ministry is, and that is our relationship with God. 
You see, we get distracted when the temporary things of the world and the desires of our hearts get in the way of what is most important. This morning, I want to share with you a story from the scriptures that teach us about distraction. A story about two women who loved Jesus, and yet only one of them knew what was most important. It's a story about uh, learning to turn away from a distracted life to a focused life and to cherish Jesus. Maybe you feel distracted this morning. Maybe the first 10 days of this year, you still feel like 2020. It's just still the same. You feel lethargic. You feel tired. You feel exhausted. I have felt that way as well. That's okay. This passage, this message is for you and for me. And this teaching is for us. So let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. 38 to 42, it says this. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary, called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we open your word, we know that the truth of your word can change our hearts and change our attitudes and transform us to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ, into the way that he lived, And Lord, I pray that the very gospel message once again may be so clear that that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior, that he is worthy to be praised and honored and followed, and that we live this life not for ourselves, not for other people, not for our families, not for our jobs, not for anyone else but for you. You, O Lord deserve all of our attention. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us to look at this passage and identify the distractions in our lives and turn us this year, 2021, towards you in full devotion. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, the story begins here as Jesus enters into the village uh, called Bethany, two miles east of Jerusalem, as recorded in John chapter 11. And a woman named Martha welcomes him in. This is the home of Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. Later uh, on, we hear that the brother Lazarus dies and Jesus raises him from the dead. This family was no doubt close to Jesus. Jesus was close friends. 
Uh, he was a close friend of their, that, theirs. Martha was a taskmaster. She was a multitasker. And uh, Mary was a learner, and she was contemplative. And they probably got in each other's nerves. <laughs> you know, so, so different in their personality. As we look into the lives of these two women, uh, you, you can ask yourselves, am I, uh, am I, which one of these women am I most like? Am I a Mary or am I a Martha? As we go through this story, I want you to uh, look at eight simple observations about Mary, Martha, and Jesus. And hopefully these observations will help you understand their character better. The first observation is this. Martha loved to serve. Martha loved to serve. It says there, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and the woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. The disciples were there with Jesus and having to walk there. Uh, to Bethany and having to now enter into this village. And then Martha comes out and the first person that Jesus sees is Martha. You see, Martha was a person who loved to serve, loved to welcome. Her gift was hospitality. Her gift was hospitality. And, and let's, let's be careful that we don't place Martha in just one little category and then place Mary in another category. Let's, let's be clear about this. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says this. It says that we should welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us. This is a universal, if you're a Christian today, this is a universal characteristic of a believer. You welcome one another. You serve one another. You are hospitable. You don't keep things to yourself. You give it away. You don't hoard, you, you give things away. You, you, you want to serve another person, you want to meet their needs. Hospitality is part of what it means to be a Christian. And Martha got it right. Her heart was to serve. As we see later in this story, she probably took care of a lot of things, right? Shopping, cleaning, cooking, baking, decorating, and all the home preparations for Jesus' arrival. She had a heart of a servant, willing to take care of the needs of her guests. The text doesn't say, but most likely Jesus was with, uh, did not come alone, and he had other guests. So she probably had a lot to take care of. Martha loved to serve. And then second, Mary loved to listen. Verse 39 and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. She was a, she's probably a person who loved to learn, to study when she was younger. Uh, she was probably uh, um, a, a young lady who liked to do abacus for fun or read the dictionary in her spare time. She played Sudoku uh, probably many times, read two, day, uh, two books a day, that kind of thing. She loved to absorb. She loved to absorb. So she sat down at the feet of Jesus, listening intently on what Jesus was saying. You see, usually in those days, uh, women were not allowed to sit at the feet of their teacher. But you can imagine this, that Mary was eager to learn, eager to be right at the front of the class, making sure she didn't miss a single word. 
This was her heart. Her heart was to listen, to learn from Jesus Christ. The third observation is this. Martha was distracted with all the details of serving. She was distracted with details, with details. It says there, but Martha was distracted with much serving. The Greek word for distracted really means extremely busy. It means a little bit of a wandering around, uh, uh, attending to this, attending to that, not knowing what to finish uh, uh, ahead of the other. There's so much on her plate. She feels overwhelmed. She's distracted. She's overburdened. Basically, there's many things to do, but too little time to do it. I don't know if you felt this way in 2021, or sorry, 2020, last year. Distracted because all of us, uh, most of us, were working from home. And all of us have been home for more often than we had expected. And so uh, there's a lot of things to take care of. And things that we noticed that weren't clean and need to be cleaned. And, and things that need to get done, uh, you know. And, and, and there's just so many things that in our lives at that time that was just uncertain. There was confusion in this world, and there still is. And you may feel distracted, distracted with so many things to do. You see, she, she wanted things to be perfect. She wanted things around her to be well done, which is a good thing, because right again, the first observation is that she loved to serve. But she failed to listen and spend time with the perfect one. You see, this is the, the thing that sometimes when we're, when we're unaware of our own weaknesses, unaware of the things that we're so distracted with, it takes another person to come in and say, hey, you know, I think that's not that important. I think that can take, take, a, take the back seat for a little bit. She was distracted. But Mary was right there doing what Jesus wanted her to do, which was to listen to him. And the fourth point is this. A fourth observation is that Mary was focused on Jesus. Mary was focused on Jesus. It says there, she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. She paid attention to his words. Think about this for a moment. If you knew that the one who came down to the earth to sacrifice his life for your sins was sitting in front of you, what would you do? If he was sitting in your living room, would you be concerned about what coffee to make or what to do? Yes, you would like to get all those things done. But if the Savior of the world was sitting in your living room, what would you do? How would you respond? The one who created all things, made all things, controls all things, who makes everything, who makes food and serves it to thousands of people, who heals the sick, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you knew he was in the room, what would you do? If you knew he was coming, wouldn't you want to listen to his words, his teaching, what he had to say? 
You see, Mary was focused on Jesus because she knew he was the Messiah. Scripture tells us that those who listen to Jesus' words keep it and act upon it. Those who do that are truly his disciples. Luke records, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them is like a man who builds his house upon a rock. Those who hear God's word and hold fast to it is like the seed that fell on good soil and that seed grew up and bore much fruit. Luke 8 verse 15. Mary's focus on Jesus' teaching meant that it was important enough for her that she was to set aside or to lay aside all of the responsibilities in order to spend time with him. Spending time with Jesus was the first thing she thought of when he came into her home. The fifth observation is that Martha was emotionally overwhelmed with her responsibilities. Verse 40 says, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Wow. Now, when I read this, I, I think Martha's a little bit disrespectful, don't you think? He's, she's a little bit disrespectful, you know, barging into the living room and saying to Mary, you know, no, saying to Jesus, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care? Like accusing Jesus of not caring. Now, that's, that's pretty serious there. But, but the, the problem is that when, when you're stressed about something and you're, and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling uh, uh, um, stressed and, 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 and anxiety starts to pop up, you begin to say things and accuse other people, even though they, are, they have every intention and every good intention of helping you or being by your side. You see, Jesus came into this house not to be served. He came into this home to serve. But the way that he served was different than the way that Martha expected. You see, Martha went into uh, uh, this situation saying, I need to serve Jesus, I need to serve Jesus, I need to serve Jesus, I need to serve the disciples because that is my identity and this is what I do and I want to do this because I love Christ. But Jesus comes into the situation saying, I've welcomed you in to, to my company. I, I, I'm serving you now by the words out of my mouth. And I'm serving you with the very truth of God himself. That, brothers and sisters, is the, is the difference between, you know, a Martha running around and trying to figure out things to do for Jesus and Mary, who understands very clearly why Jesus came. I think two of the most challenging things of 2020, uh, two of the most hard things to deal with in the home or in the workplace, self-pity and entitlement. 
We want, we want people to understand what we're going through. And, and when they don't understand, it's like, it's like oh, like I'm, I'm completely just unheard. People just don't understand. People aren't listening to me. They're not answering my phone calls. And self-pity comes in and just, you're just like, woe is me, that kind of thing. And then there's entitlement. Entitlement is, why didn't this person get back to me? Why aren't the, isn't the laundry done? Why isn't this done? Why isn't that done? Or why can't I go and see my friends? Why can't I go to the mall? Why are these lockdowns all in place all the time? What is going on? Why, why, why? And yes, Martha was emotionally overwhelmed with her serving. But so often we can be emotionally overwhelmed with a lot of things going on in our lives. We have a go, go, go kind of culture. Do this, do that. Keep yourself busy in order to keep yourself sane. But that just causes emotional turmoil. Do you agree with me? That causes emotional turmoil, doesn't it? And you know what? Jesus is not just making a suggestion here or talking about some sort of specific situation only to Martha. It happens to all of us. And Jesus is speaking to us and telling us that we are distracted. And Martha here says, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? She feels alone. And so often we feel alone when we, we have this, you know, feeling of like no one else goes through what I go through. I'm the only one serving. I'm the only one doing this. How come no one else can help? I'm burnt out and, frustrat and frustrated. And many of us have had those Martha moments. You feel self-righteous and judgmental. Because you see needs and you work hard to meet them even though other people, you feel other people don't. You say, no one cares as much as me. I'm the only dependable, faithful one. I'm taking all the responsibility and she isn't even helping me out. That's what Martha was saying. We end up... In some senses, like this is what Martha did, bossing Jesus around, saying, Jesus, if you just did what you were told, it would all work out as planned, <laughs> which would be that Mary get up and help Martha, right? But we are not in control. Listen, listen one more time. We are not in control. 2020 was a year that displayed that, was the year that lifted to the surface all of our weaknesses and our instabilities. And God was saying to us, we are not in control. You are not in control. I am not in control. God is in control and he is worthy to be trusted. And the, and the, and the point of what it means to be a Christian and the benefit and the, and the joy of what it means to be a Christian is that we get a chance to trust the almighty God and he hears our cry and he can listen to us. He has compassion upon us and he knows us. The sixth observation is this. Mary chose that which is, was most important. Well, before we go there, I want to just share with you this one statement that, that really 
really in my heart it resonates. It's, it says this, your identity as a Christian is not found in what you do, but rather it is in who you belong to. Your identity as a Christian is not found in what you do, but rather it is who you belong to. My mentor, Reverend Bill Littman, he's been mentoring uh, me for over 15 years, and he's known the ups and downs, and he's seen all, almost everything in my, my life. He knows me, and he said this, remember that you are a child of the king and that you belong to him. Remember that he loves you and that you are his. You are his. So maybe you're a mother and you're a wife and you have a lot of responsibilities at home. The children are, 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 are going to online classes and you're trying to figure out whether or not uh, they're paying attention and, and then you have all the chores and all the responsibilities at the home. You have to cook and clean and take care of all these things. And those are good things. God has given these uh, wonderful abilities to, uh, to, to wives and to, and to mothers. And even to the single ladies out there who help in the home and who are able to be in such a, such a wonderful position to serve in this way. But so often it, it does get overwhelming, doesn't it? And sometimes it's hard because you, you, you say, am I enough? Am I enough? Have I done enough? And like my mentor said, just remember this, that you are a child of the king. You are a child of the king. You belong to him. You belong to him. That he loves you and that your identity, identity is not found in what you do. It's in who you belong to. You belong to Christ because he died for you. He rose again for, uh, on the third day for the forgiveness of your sin to give you new life. He's the one who's forgiven you of all things and taken away your shame and washed away your guilt. He belongs to you and you belong to him. How about men, fathers and husbands? And you, some of you have, have, have talked to me over the phone regarding uh, just uh, working from home and, and sometimes the email uh, continues to stay on and, and, the, and the, the Zoom calls are, are constant and, and, and people are constantly pulling and pushing and, and it seems like you can never get your work fully completed by the end of the day. You work and you work and you work and then it seems like 2019 was less busy than it was in, in 2020. And you think that, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard to just deal with all of this. And you might be asking the question, am I enough? Am I enough for my family? Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? But, but listen to me. This is the reality of what Jesus is saying through this passage is that Martha had an opportunity to share her heart before the Lord. It wasn't offensive to the Lord. It wasn't offensive because it was from her heart. She wanted to let him know that she was struggling. She was overwhelmed with her responsibilities. She felt self-pity. She felt entitled. 
She was distracted. So men, husbands, fathers, you are enough in Christ. You are enough in Christ. Remember that you are a child of the king and that you belong to him and that you are loved by him. The sixth point is this. The sixth observation is Mary chose that which was most important. Verse 42. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and didn't say a word. Her priorities were right. She chose that which was best and was necessary in life. She chose the good portion because she knew the only thing that really mattered was spending time with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, 2020 was an opportunity for us to spend time with Christ. I'm not here for a guilt trip because I'm, I'm preaching to myself. And there are times, months, where I had felt so distracted with everything else going on in the world and all the other relationships that I wasn't able to interact with because they weren't physically there and all the things that I should have done and could have done and would have done if COVID didn't happen. But brothers and sisters, we have an opportunity in 2021 to turn, turn things around, to say, Lord God, I repent from a distracted life and I want to be devoted. I want to be a, a, an all-out disciple of Jesus Christ. I want the things of your kingdom to matter to me, so much so that the other things are just periphery. I'm not going to waste my energy on anything else but I'm going to focus my attention on being at the feet of Jesus, learning so that I can serve with the energy that he provides. Mary chose the good portion. It is not that Jesus didn't want Martha to serve. That's not the case. He did not say, Martha, stop serving. No, in fact, Martha had the ability to serve and the, and, the, and the personality and also the character and she loved to serve and that was good. But Mary chose to be filled with Christ's words and her heart and desire was to be with Jesus. And that so often is our lack, right? We, we lack that time with Christ. We lack the, 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 the clear devotional times where we read his word and we're shutting off all the, the, the cell phones, the iPads and the screens in front of us. And, and we're just saying, like, I'm, I'm just going to go into a room with my Bible and just listen to Jesus, listen to God's word and hear from God. Instead of CBC News or Fox News or whatever channel that you watch. The seventh point is this. Jesus cared about Martha and taught her. You see, Jesus was not just focused on Mary. You have to know something about this story. Martha comes bursting into the living room and she just says this to Jesus saying, tell, tell Mary to help me. 
So Martha does that, but this is a perfect opportunity because God in his sovereign will allowed for Martha to go into the room so that what? So that Jesus could teach her. That Jesus could teach her in the middle of the busyness, in the middle of the hustle and bustle, and then, you know, no one can stop her. She goes in, she makes this statement, this bold statement, and Jesus teaches her. Notice how she, he teaches her. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. First observation, he says this, Martha, Martha. It's a term of endearment. It's a term of compassion and companionship. It's not, it's not like, Martha, Martha, why did you do this? Why are you interrupting me? Stop serving. Come down here. This is what's important. This is of the most important thing. This is necessary. He wasn't angry. He said to Martha in the gentlest of voices, I'm pretty sure this is the way he said it, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. He's just making a statement. He's not accusing. He's not criticizing. He's just making a statement of saying, hey, this is something that you're going through. Don't you want the Savior of the world, the King of kings and Lord of lords, to speak to you through his word, as we've read it this morning, to speak to you? You are anxious and troubled about many things. I want that. Because that, that just means that the Lord understands what I'm going through. Maybe that's what you're going through and, and you need to hear from Jesus you are anxious and troubled about many things. Jesus says the truth. You are anxious and worried, concerned of all the cares of the house. You're feeling very stressed. You're very worried. And the things that you have on your, your to-do list are not getting accomplished. You are troubled. He states the truth about this. She is upset. She's upset that her sister isn't helping her and that there's so many things to do and she probably is troubled and upset at Jesus for not telling Mary to help her. Jesus knew what was in her heart. Jesus cared and he taught her. Jesus cares for all of us. If we would only let him care for us. If, he would only, if we would only let him speak this truth into our lives to let us know how we truly feel. To let us know and to identify with us to say, this is how you feel. This is what you're going through. He cares for all of us, even at our darkest hours, even our most frustrated moments. He calls us back to him. And notice what it says there, but one thing is necessary. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus basically says to Martha, you were trying to give me the good portion. You were trying to give me the good portion of the meal, all the service, the best of the best of your preparations. But Mary chose the good portion. What Jesus is saying is this, I am the good portion. I am her good portion. And I will be yours if you listen to my words and seek me first. 
You see, Scripture says, the Lord is our portion. Psalm 73, verse 26 says this, My flesh and my soul shall fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The Hebrew here, this doesn't, you know, the English word doesn't really encompass all that the Hebrew means. The word portion here does not just mean part. It means to impart. It means to give. It means to be a part of. He says, my portion forever. David is saying, God is my portion. He belongs to me. He is in my presence. He is all that I need. He is my portion. I am fellowshipping with him. And Psalm 119, verse 57 says, The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. You see, when we read the scriptures, we need to let the scriptures conquer us. We can't conquer the scriptures. We need to let the God of the scriptures conquer our hearts. We cannot just read this like a textbook. We need, to, we need to know that God is the one who fills our hearts. He is the one who restores us. He is our portion. He is our satisfaction. That's why Jesus said here that Mary has chosen the good portion. And then finally, Jesus reminded both Mary and Martha that his words will last forever. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Jesus is making a clear statement here. The words that he has imparted to Mary are the words that will last forever in her heart. The words that she listened to and the, the words that, that were imparted to her, the, the, the reception that she had, the listening ears that she wanted to hear Jesus' words, that was not lost. That will never be lost. Those words will last forever. What a beautiful picture. Jesus shows both women that the very words he speaks will last with them forever. Particularly, he says that these things, that the things that Mary has learned from him will never be taken away from her. Uh, there can be nothing of greater value than wholehearted devotion and adoration of Christ. We cannot settle for anything less. We cannot be satisfied with anything less than a pure and wholehearted devotion to Jesus Christ, who devoted himself to us by coming down to this earth 2,000 years ago in a manger to live a perfect life so that he would die on the cross for your sin and for my sin. And to those who believe in his name will never perish but have everlasting life. This devotion is the devotion that's reflect, the reflection of Christ's devotion and love to us. So we listen to him. We learn from him. And that is the portion that will never be removed from Mary. And for that matter, 
from anyone who copies her example. Scripture says, if you abide in my word, you, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. We live in a Martha world. So often we get caught up with the do this, do that, go here, go there. And we completely forget to rest in Christ and worship him. Jesus understands that many of us are Marthas. He says to us, hey, Martha, I know you are burdened with many things and you have a million things to do. You're not going to get them all done. So how about this? How about we start and spend some time with me? See, what it means to be a disciple is a very simple thing. Spending time with Jesus means to listen to him, study his word, study the scriptures, read his word and to pray. Talk to Christ, talk to the Lord. And it's secondly, to be a disciple is to put it in practice. Like Martha, the main lesson of this story is that Mary's worship of Jesus must come first. And then after Martha's work then can truly be completed. Worship God before you work so that you can worship God in your work. As Christians, we want Mary's heart after Jesus and we want Martha's servanthood. We want to serve the Lord with all of our heart and with all of our strength, but we first must love him, treasure him, and put him first above all things. Listening to God's word and cherishing his gospel and his truth every day. You see, God desires us to be fully focused on him. So our responsibilities, our ministry, our work, our families, our health, and all these things that need to be cared for may be cared for with joy because we have spent time with him. So is 2020 going to be a year of distraction? Or is 2020 going to be a year of devotion? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to learn from you, your word. We want to learn from Jesus. We want to learn, Lord, by the power of your spirit, working in us as we respond to the truth that was spoken today. We want to slow down and learn. We want to listen to you and not to all the other things and all the other opinions of this world. Lord, we thank you that we are Christians. We thank you, Lord, that as Christians we have faith and trust in you, that we can live 2021 with glasses that are completely clear. We can do this, Lord, because you have called us to yourself.
and you have called us to this wonderful relationship in Christ. Lord, I just pray for all of us as believers that we would not just simply believe in Jesus, but that we would be so enamored, so in awe, and so in love, and so worshipful in our daily life. I pray, oh God, that you would establish our paths in 2021. And even if we do get distracted, bring us a Mary to remind us what it means to have our priorities in place. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.